With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Custom Inc. can help you recognize employees, show customer appreciation, and outfit your teams with your favorite products and brands customized with your logo. At CustomInc.com, you can easily make your mark on all sorts of products, including water bottles, backpacks, polos, jackets, and so much more. Make Custom Inc. your go-to custom gear partner with great customer service, quality products, and all-in pricing, along with personalized help when you need it and an easy-to-use website when you don't. All backed by a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go to CustomInc.com to get started today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Welcome back to the Axon Bulletin. It's Tuesday afternoon, as never known as in the Celtic world, and it's been a bit of a mental, no, even 24 hours. Um, news broke last night from probably the, the most trusted uh, journalism source in, in world football, certainly European football, Natasha and Fabrizio Romano. You know, when Fabrizio says something, you usually tend to listen, which is why I think we all went into a bit of a frenzy. When the tweet went out um, saying that there was interest in Josip Juranovic, which is what I think we all expected to be. I'm sure there's interest in Kyogo Furuhashi. In previous seasons, there's likely been interest in Callum McGregor. But it said that there was interest um, in Josip Juranovic and he was expecting the, the Croat right fullback sorry, to, to leave uh, Celtic this summer. However, we've got something back today um, from trusted source in, in Zagreb. Um, Isaac, who's said that right now, no, doesn't expect any deal to go through. Um, as per their sources over there in Croatia, Juranovic is happy at Celtic. He's played regular. He's been there less than a year. He's became a fan's favourite already. And he also doesn't want to jeopardise his chances for the World Cup in Qatar. What's your take on this whole situation? Yeah, 
It, this one to me is by surprise, to be honest. Um, I don't know if Fabrizio was bored last night and decided to cause anarchy on Twitter and cause, you know, Celtic Twitter to go into meltdown, but that is certainly the effect that it had. Um, listen, Fabrizio is a great source. Um, he doesn't often get things wrong, but um, this one would surprise me. You know, things are always a bit unsettled during a transfer window. You have a few concerns about who might be moving on. But Juranovic wasn't really one I was concerned about. And that's, you know, for a variety of factors. I mean, he's got a World Cup coming up in five months. He's about to get the opportunity to play in the Champions League. He seems like he's loving life here. He's only been here for one season. You know, just this combined makes me think, surely he can't see the option being to move now. You know, if he's ambitious and he wants to test himself in a different league and he thinks he can play, you know, Premier League or one of the other top European leagues, then yeah, that's absolutely fine. I think he's a great player and a great talent and I'm sure he can go on and achieve that. But surely he or his advisors have to realise that the options, he could open up for himself by having a good World Cup, having a good Champions League showing, are going to, you know, the options then on the back of that are going to exceed the options he has on the table now. To me... Yes, Fab's a great source, but I think that it sounds a little bit like an agent who's trying to drum up interest in this player, maybe get eyes on him during the World Cup, eyes on him during the Champions League. Or get more money in his Celtic deal. That's another potential. Exactly, exactly. Um, For me, I I don't want to see Juranovic going anywhere. And, you know, the the outcry on Twitter last night probably says I speak for for all the the Celtic fans and that, you know, we don't want him to leave. Um, To use... An and analogy, you know, he said it before, we're building this beautiful house here. And, you know, I don't think the house is finished. I think it's looking great, but I think there's always ways to make it better. And the last thing you want to do when you're building this nice house is to rip up the deck that you've just laid. You know, we don't want to be dismantling it while we're trying to build it. You know, so it's, it's important that we, we keep Juranovic and keep this squad together for, for moving into next season. Yeah, I totally agree with all those sentiments. Um, especially in the point that he's stoked to me Natasha's only going to get better he's going to be able to test mm. himself in the Champions League which is that the top European club competition is going to get a pop at that he's definitely going to get a pop at that there's no uncertainty around it we're straight in there and he's probably going to go to the World Cup going off the back of what his coach says if he's fit he's going to be selected he's either going to be played at right back or left back mm-hmm. possibly more likely left back after his coach's comments and his stock's only going to rise, so why now? Lawrence, what's your take on this? I was very chilled out when I seen this last night. I thought, he's not going anywhere, and I put a James Bond film on and just kind of distracted myself <laughs> from Twitter. What's your take on this? Well, I'm not surprised there's interest in him. <laughs> you, you know, let's be honest. And uh, If he moves, it's because you know he doesn't want to be here, and Celtic's been offered quite a bit of money. So, and I think Andrew's been clear, if a player doesn't want to be here, you know, he, he's free to move on. But what kind of money would it take for, for Celtic to start getting interested? 15, 20 million for a play you bought no, for two and a half. From He seems happy here, doesn't he? You know, the Croatia uh, source has come out and said, look, you know, he, he doesn't want to move at this point in time. But I suppose, you know, the Premiership team came in and said, look, 25 million. <laughs> I think the Celtic board would be all ears, wouldn't they? So you just got to kind of trust an engine. If it is twenty five million, you'd get some of that to reinvest. But I, I, I think you know he'd be wise to stay. Just as Natasha said, he's got a World Cup coming up. Do you really want to move before that when you could impress people there? Uh, potentially, you know, jump a couple of moves ahead if you, if you've got a crack in World Cup rather than moving to mid table 
uh, and you could end up struggling. That could be your last move. So, yeah, I, I, I'm not too fussed about it. You, you, you know, I don't think he'll move. If he does, I think Celtic will get a fairly decent profit on him. And it, would I trust Ange to reinvest that? Definitely. Well, yeah, I would definitely trust him to reinvest it. How much? Obviously, um, this coming out of Croatia today was fifteen million. Is supposedly what Celtic want at least Natasha. Um, in terms of the source, Isaac, you can check him out on Twitter at IASUCIC. He was the guy that gave us all the info last season when Juranovic was making the move to Glasgow for Legia Warsaw. Obviously, we're still to play Legia Warsaw, so I wouldn't be getting uh, going anywhere too fast if I was Juranovic because he's still to go back and play his old club in this game for, for Arthur Boric. But just to kind of touch on what Lawrence says there, Natasha, you know, you've made the, the perfect point about building this house. It's what Anne just said. Um, two and a half million we've signed them for from Legia Warsaw. The worst possible scenario in this is we make a very healthy profit out of this. But would you be entirely trustworthy that all that profit would be put right back into the first team squad? Going by, you know, recent examples, you know, we have to look at some of our bigger recent sales. Um, you know, the, the evidence is there is that it's not immediately reinvested, certainly not all of it anyway. Um, I'm sure Ange has different demands and a different relationship perhaps with the board. You know, there's new people in charge now, maybe things will change. But I know we're, you know, as far as we're made to believe, a real bone of contention for Brendan Rogers was the fact that that didn't happen. But, you know, he made some relatively big sales Different people in charge now, different manager, different CEO, so it might be a different picture altogether. But Celtic's model still hasn't changed. You know, our model is still the same regardless of the people who are in charge. We are a club who looks to, you know, buy players and that's our market that we got Juranovic in, develop them, you know, enhance them, sell them for a profit. That's part of our model, it just is. So, yeah, I do eventually expect us to sell Juranovic for a profit. It's just the timing for me. Not now just doesn't feel like the right time to start doing that. But you know, we have to look at, you know, we have to be realistic. Well, yes, we are not in a position. I don't believe that we do need to be selling any of our key assets. You know, we're not in a position where we desperately are in need of the money. So any sale is a good sale. That's not the position we're in. And I'm just sort of, you know, made noises about that too. And the club are relatively healthy. But we're still in the position we are. We're still, you know, a club the size of Celtic with the finances that we have. Anyone coming in and offering <coughs> 50 million for a player that we bought for two and a half is just something that you are going to have to look at from a business perspective. We're looking at it from a fan perspective. We don't want to go anywhere, ever, never mind this year. But the club as a board, as a business, yeah, they have to look at that and think, is this a good bit of business. But then even from the club's perspective, similarly to the arguments we've made for Juranovic, is it not a better piece of business to showcase him at, you know, in the Champions League, showcase him at the World Cup? You know, he was, he was getting great write-ups for his performance for Croatia against France. Let's have more of them at the World Cup on that stage. Then surely his, his price and, his, and the market goes up. So business-wise, there's you know still a case to be made for holding on to him, to turning down the money now and perhaps having more money be it January or, or next summer. So, yeah, for me, it makes sense for all parties for them to stay for at least, you know, the next six months, if not for the full season. Yeah, absolutely. I think his stock is only going to rise. You know, he's been outstanding for Celtic in his maiden season. What to come next, we don't know. Um, I know Stevie over at Gigpod's blaming the fact that he's just getting engaged there. Um, hopefully there's no whispers getting put in his ear. I know he's been treating his lovely lady to a... A nice holiday in Paris. Hopefully um, he's not bumped into 
any uh, journalists or former players that maybe try to edge him away. I know Brendan Rogers was somebody who came up to look at him at Celtic Park. Um, that would be the very story, and you can <laughs> imagine the outcry if that was the the move that went ahead. But let's not put ourselves in a donut. Lawrence as well is just what Natasha said there. Celtic here are in a total position of strength. The reason why Chris Iyer departed on less money, the reason why Odson Edward departed on less money is because he only had a year left in their contract. At present, Josip Janovic has got four years left in his Celtic deal. Now, whether, as I mentioned um, earlier on, this was just put out there to try and get him a wee bit more money on that Celtic deal could be the case. But Celtic's in a position of strength here. It doesn't need to go anywhere. If any club does go on with four years left in the deal, Surely, in my opinion, you should be looking upwards of 15 million quid for him. Well, yep, definitely. I'd hope so. I mean, Edward Ayer, even in Charm, I know he left for nothing. That's when we broke our model and, and kept him in the last year. That's when the board changed the model and I don't think they will change. So it's it's going to be depending on, on what they're offered. But you'd hope, you'd, you know, 15, 20 million, probably closer to 20. What about like? If, if, if we're talking about letting him leave... Surely, you know, they're having a, a chat with the manager. You know, we've, we might have some other targets already identified, you know, and say, well, look, this is a boy we could maybe pick up for, for three. We're going to bring in 15. What else can we do with the money? Would it pay for, you know, Jota's transfer fee or loan fees for other players? But, yeah, to be honest, I'm, I'm pretty chilled about it. He's only just at the club. If he goes, we're going to make a, a lot of money. Michael Nicholson and Anne seem to be working better as manager and CEOs, I think, probably the best partnership since we had with Straggling and Lowell. So I'd probably trust that they are doing well in the transfer market just now and they'd be able to, yeah, source another right back. And has been clear, if the player wants to leave, he, he, he's not going to hold them back. So, you know, it's going to be the powers with the player, isn't it? You know, although he's got a four-year contract, it just means we will be able to demand an optimum fee for him, which if he has to leave, that's what you want, isn't it? You want as much money as possible. But, you know, he seems happy at Celtic Park. Let's hope, uh, you know, his new fiancé uh, or whoever isn't trying to persuade him to, to move for the bright lights of, I don't know, uh, Leicester. Go to Leicester. I'm not going to go to Leicester's Kasabian. Or, or, or I mean? maybe, maybe South London over at Crystal Palace, who knows? Maybe those lights aren't so bright, I don't know. Well, certainly the old Northern lights in Aberdeen for an away trip to me is much more appealing than a move to Leicester Crystal Palace so forget all that um, on that point Lawrence of players not wanting to be in around the club or possibly signed for the club Natasha brings us on to Alpha Semedo obviously we've been linked with Sousa from from what Anthony Joseph reported on the player Sousa this is prefers a move to the Eredivisie and Wyacks are one of the teams interested in him and there is other Dutch sides interested in him. It looks as if Celtic might have just been that. Um, obviously, we, we do act very quickly under Ange. Obviously, if you go back to Riley McGree in January, it was all the chat around Tim. And then within a couple of days, and appears Matt O'Reilly, and from reading the Celtic view most recently, it was literally five minutes. He said he didn't expect the phone call to come. He was sold in Celtic in five minutes through Ange. The next thing he knew, he was packing his bag and he's up in Glasgow. Um, the link there, too, was... Um, same agency, base management sports, French and Belize agency there. So again, a wee link that another players came in from, from MK Dons when everybody was probably looking at it thinking, where, where does this guy came from? There was a link there. Um, but Semedo looks as if he might be the, the man that we're going to go for in terms of this kind of, call it number six defensive midfielder, whatever you want to call it. 
looks as if Souza's off. What's your take on this? Looks as if it's potentially a loan with an option to buy. Yeah, um, I mean, like we've discussed many a time on here, there's, you're not going to convince someone, you know, Ange isn't going to be the sort of person who's begging someone to come to the club. We saw it, like you touched on with McGree. We just go about our business a lot quicker than that. He's not going to waste months chasing someone for them to turn us down at last minute. If you don't want to come like, you know, like that, then he's not interested. And, you know, Matt O'Reilly was the perfect example of that. And I hope, and it seems a bit like Samed has been quite quick too. Um, we've, we've given Souza a chance not interested fine we move on and we find someone else and according you know to relatively good sources on twitter Samedo deal looks like it's pretty much set um one of one of the um reports i read was that it was an initial one-year loan but instead of an option to buy it was an obligation to buy similarly to how the maeda deal was structured um again we don't know if there's any truth in that or not but it would be interesting if that was the case um because it turns it more into a, a signing than, than a loan deal um and yeah it's not a player i knew a lot about i've been looking up a looking him up this morning um you know we know he plays in portugal at the moment he's yep. from guinea i believe he was on loan at reading last season relatively good reports from from his time there and he plays as a defensive midfielder and we we know that that's one of the positions that Andrew's really keen on strengthening. And I think it is one of the positions that is going to be key in terms of the fact it's not one we had a lot of options in, especially with Nier Beaton leaving at the end of last season. I think that's the sort of that's a bit of that's a piece of the jigsaw that's missing for Ange at the moment is the sort of player that does that and allows McGregor to move slightly further up the pitch. Um I think he sounds, from what I've read, like he's the sort of player that we thought Soro was going to be. So hopefully, you know, he's a successful version of Soro. But one of the advantages he has, um, that Semedo has, is that he's tall. He's six foot three. Um, so he adds some height to the squad, which again, I think is something that we perhaps lack a bit in our current setup. So having someone else to help deal with the set pieces and cross balls at his height. Yeah, so he sounds like a, a really positive signing. Like we've all sort of, you know, mentioned, not really one that was on our radar, but the, you know, the sort of thing that makes me relatively relaxed about that is that Ange hasn't got one of these wrong yet. If he likes a player and wants a player, they're they're turning out well and they're looking good. So I'm confident that he'll, he'll be a good addition and he sort of fits that gap that we have in the team. Yeah, missing jigsaw piece, Lawrence, you know, as Natasha touched on there, possibly the missing jigsaw piece, certainly in European football that we maybe missed last season. Especially if the manager maybe does want to go with that kind of double pivot in midfield. Obviously, McGregor can, can still remain in there as that kind of controller-esque player. Um, Semedo, 24, will be 25 um, in August. But what, what's your take on this? Because he's been in Benfica's youth ranks with Jota. The two of them will know each other from playing together. Um, he's obviously been out, you know, Natasha's touched on it. He's been at Reading, he's been at Norton Forest. He's currently with Vitoria in Portugal. But, you know, according to Portuguese press... This deal looks as if it's been agreed and there's already a contract in front of them. What's your take on this one? Well, it's got to be free McGregor up. You're looking at number six, you've got McCarthy, Gucci, Scott Robertson's back. So he must be wanting with McGregor for a fold if he's buying a number six. You know, it's. You know, unusually when Fika released him or sold him, then bought him back. But yeah, you've got to trust an answer, haven't you? But I think Natasha's right on the, the height issue. It's. You know, our centre-halves are six foot. We don't have a lot of height in the team, so that would definitely help. 
I'd love to see McGregor playing further forward. So if it allows that, yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. Don't know a lot about it for you, other than, you know, the, the story's broke. You, you go on YouTube and, and you see what he's like. But I think everybody's YouTube highlights are, are pretty decent. I seem to remember Baldy and Bangura looked amazing. On YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, we trust the Nans, don't we? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, he's got absolutely enough credit in the bank that we trust what he's brought in. He's not really made a, a, a bad signing as I have yet. Everybody contributed last season that we brought in through the door. Um, so, yeah, absolutely trust the manager on this one. Natasha, anything to read into that it's a loan with an option to buy? Or do you think this is maybe around a kind of a permit type thing? Because it just seems a bit strange. It looks as if it's going to, you're going to need to buy the player. Um, I think Maeda, the reason why it was not a state buy at first was due to a permit. I think that's a possibility. Here is it just to get the deal done quick. Obviously, we, we know from reports that players are likely to return to Lennox Town next week um, if they've not been involved in international football. So, you know, he could be rocking up along with Jota um, next week at, at Lennox Town. That would be nice. Um, it would be nice for, for Jota to, to have a friend here. might convince him to stay, although I don't believe that he needs any convincing. He seems like a very happy boy at Celtic and we'll come on to talk about Jota in a minute. But in terms of um, the structure of Sumedra's deal... I don't know, it could be similar to the the Maida deal and that it was for, I believe, tax and payment reasons in, in Japan that they wanted the payment made then what was their next year rather than the, the initial year, which, you know, fine. If if it is a loan with an obligation to buy, like I touched on earlier, it does just turn it into, you know, essentially our signing. Um, I don't think any of us, despite Maida's deal, saw him really as a loan player. We knew that he was going to be our player at, at the end of the season. Um so yeah, if that is the case here, then great. I don't know if perhaps there is some benefit in having it as an option to buy. Um, I wouldn't mind that either because then, you know, the obvious benefits, you know, there are that if it doesn't work out, then we don't have to buy them. It's our option. Um, but, and if it if it does work out, then great. We turn it into a sort of Cameron carter Vickers situation. But it, I suppose it depends on how the club feel about the player. If they are pretty sure on them and the, the way to get the deal done is make it an obligation to buy and if they're confident enough in the signing then they're going to do that so it'll be interesting to see um, it'll probably indicate how you know sure that the club are on the player and the player is on the club if, if it is that mm. obligation which essentially turns them into a permanent signing but yeah it's nice to see us bringing some additions in and like you said you can come along with, with Jota for for return to Lennox Town next week. Yeah, I remember uh, nice last time. Remember George Cadetti and uh, they got Am- George Amaral along and try and get five thousand at, at Barrafield. I said, "Oh, <laughs> Cadetti to have a, a pal from Portugal." Uh, I don't know if he'd get five thousand at Barrafield for, for a new guy, but <laughs> we obviously Amaral deal never went uh, went ahead. It was a it was a rubbish game at Barrafield, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I just thought we tripped down memory lane last time we were, we were rumoured about bringing in somebody in to keep a, a Portuguese signing. <laughs> it was Amaro, wasn't it? It was the Amaro. I don't know. It's well before my time, Lawrence. Come it's on. It's before our time, there, Lawrence. <laughs> um, Over 5,000 at Barrafield. Midweek. <laughs> there you go. Barrafield's even before my time. I'm a complete Linux Town generation boy, I think. Well, actually, so I think would have been training at Barrafield when I was a bit younger, but any team have been up as a kid to meet players and all that stuff was always at, at Lennox Town. But one guy who's definitely looks as if he's now going to be making the switch to Celtic. Um, Max has come in to get his secrets from the United Lawrence. I'll come to you on this one. Obviously, 
it looked as if, you know, Anthony Joseph, another reliable source on these kind of pieces of information, came out to say that we were in talks with him. It's been reported that he's been spotted um, in this location of a Glasgow hotel. Um, I think it's one of the newspapers that broke that out there. Um, and he is in Glasgow. Other Celtic sources are breaking that he is in Glasgow to seal this move. Quite happy with this one, Lawrence. Again, it's for me, it's just a trust the manager in this one. We know what he's like. We've watched him. He turns into Manuel Neuer sometimes when we play him, um, especially at the at Tannadice. But it looks as if Big Seagrass might be coming straight into to Angie's uh, new house, as Natasha put it earlier. Uh, yeah, I think we've all said, look, we're a bit worried about the gap between, you know, being his backup. So I think coming in, yeah, yeah delighted with that, you know. I suppose he's not even Ben's replacement, his Barkasses and, and Duhans, they've moved. So, yeah, coming in as number two, he, he's always done well against us. So, yeah, happy enough. Yeah, I'm sure the board are happy that it's a free signing. So, yeah. Yeah, free signing, Natasha, you quite happy with this? Again, we know all about him. He's not a player who's going to need to probably settle in. He's only been, you know, up the road there in Dundee. Um, it's a free signing and... And he comes and, you know, I probably trust him a wee bit more than I do what's already there. Yeah, listen, like Lauren's already touched on, the, the issue we have in that in the goalkeeping position in particular is there's too big a gap between your number one and your number two. I think if you look at a lot of other positions on the pitch, your number one in that position, yes, there is a slight down to the number two because that's the way that the squad works. But you do sort of trust the number two to step up and, you know, the majority of positions in the pitch, I think we do have a relatively able deputy. Um, no harm to Scott Bain, but I think that the step between him and Joe Hart is too big. I think you're moving down too much a level if you have to go to, to Scott Bain. And we have been fortunate that during the course of last season, nothing ever happened to Joe Hart that sort of tested that. But it was a sort of constant fear in the back of your mind, what if something does? I think... If you had to look at it across, you know, the, the pitch for last season, if you're going into some of the, the bigger games of last season, some of the games at Ibrox, some of the, the derbies, if you had to pick one player that you didn't want to miss that game, I don't think there's many players as valuable as Joe Hart. I think he is the one that you would have missed most in a lot of those big games, not just because of his ability, but because of the step down you would have to make if you'd put in Bain and also because of his, you know, his leadership and experience on the pitch. So, Joe Hart's invaluable, but you know he's not indestructible. There is the potential that something could happen to Joe, and we need an able deputy ready to step up. And for me, Seagrist bridges that gap between Bain and Hart. So a great bit of business. I think he's a really good goalkeeper, um, one of the best in the league, and a great person to have in as our number two. And if he wants to to come in and fulfil that role, then, then excellent. It gives us a bit of reassurance that if anything happens to heart then we've got someone capable in the background and again it's about you know the quality of of training and the people you're surrounding yourself with too if heart's getting pushed all the way by a keeper like Seagrass then that can only be good for his development as well so no complaints about that signing I think it's a good one I think it'll go through soon um you know maybe he's just at the Blizzard Hotel for a spa break and enjoying his, his, his time off but um, maybe not maybe it sounds like he's, he's down in Glasgow to sign some paperwork but um, whatever reason he's down I hope he's having a, a great time and also signs the paperwork soon. Yeah I'm sure that he would rather though that somebody else is paying for these spa breaks because I've been looking at them uh, previous for my girlfriend's <laughs> birthday and they were a bit too pricey so um, It's a nice hotel. <laughs> it is a nice hotel but that was a no, I don't need to wait for a special occasion, that one. So, <laughs> um, 
yeah, if anybody does want to pay for spa bakes for us at the Blythes, please feel free to let us know. Just put it in the comments and we'll happily take you up on your, your offer to pay for it for us. But anyway, um, Lawrence, away from that, I know you like a, a massage and whatever else, you know, and a dip in a jacuzzi, so you'd be the first person to be jumping at that. But, oh, um, definitely not, because maybe it's my age again, but yeah. Uh, Massages at Plyswood used to mean something completely different when I was growing up. Well, we won't go there. We won't go there. But Seagrist, Seagrist looks as if he's going to be done. I've already done Maeda. I've got Jota as the next one I want to come on to here. Um, again, this looks all but done. Hopefully he's rocking up to Lennox Town next week. Um, supposedly the fee, the fee has been agreed and it's just about personal terms. But according to sources in Portugal again today, um, you know, we're really into these Portuguese press sources just now. I think you should probably be taking out subscriptions with them. Um, it looks as if the personal terms are all but done and it might even be done this week. Again, this was a no-brainer. I think Lawrence was sure that taking that. Listen, brilliant. Get what over the line, won't it? You know, I don't think anyone's going to be unhappy. The two loans have worked out really well then if we, we end up signing both of them. You know, we've got to have a look at them. They've come in, they've done well and, and we've signed them both. So, you know, we maybe expect a few more loan, loan deals this year. You know, we've touched on one, but maybe expect maybe maybe another cent and a half. But yeah, Chuck coming in's brilliant. He's got the potential to, to grow. You know, he's still young enough that Ange can develop him an even better player. So yeah, over the minute he's he's going to sign. Yeah, um, absolutely. So yeah, Natasha again, it's a no-brainer for all of us. We wanted them to sign. It's a good mark that we've brought these two in very quickly. Obviously, it was in the close of the contract. Um, and we do hope there is still other additions to follow. Absolutely, it's great that we're getting all this business done early, but I don't think we're done just yet, are we? No, I don't think so. I think um, a really good transfer window for the club and the fans is that you know we get Jota side down, we get Carter Vickers signed down, um, a left-back still has to be on the radar, Semedo comes in, a couple of lone players. You know, that's it's shaping up. You know, we're still early, we're still early, but it's shaping up to be a really good transfer window. Now, come back to me at the end of it, but all the signs are there that it's going pretty well. Things are happening at a good pace. I know that everyone would like the, the Jota confirmation to happen at a quicker pace, but, you know, as much as I'm one to be impatient as well, Jota's still on his holidays, Um Someone who seems to have a, a lot of holidays, and I'm not one to talk about that, I know. Um, but Jota's still on his holidays, having a good time. Let him go and enjoy his time off, and I'm sure he'll be back in Glasgow soon to get it all confirmed and over the line. Just a little bit of patience required on this one. We've been told it's by all the sort of reliable sources that it's days away, um, and that's been said for the last few weeks. But I am, as they start to return to Lennox Town, I am getting more and more confident that an announcement is days away um, and I don't think anyone's too worried touch with about Jota not signing I mean he's got all the signs of a guy who's very much committed to the club he seems to have loved his time here he's travelling around the world in a Celtic top you know um, he's got the signs of a guy who's still going to be here next season it's just a case of the final confirmation coming out and maybe we'll do something similar like we did with Carter Vickers we wait till there's a, a new kit announcement yeah. Let's get some photos of them in that. We've seen the the rumoured new home kit doing the rounds on Twitter. Maybe we are just waiting for, for that to be released and we're going to have Jota modelling it with his new contract in his hand. That would be a great result for everyone, I think. Yeah, that'd be a nice way to unveil them. Um, I think the new away kit is out 
this Thursday, as you say, that coincided with uh, the Vickers announcement just later on that day, Vickers came. So, yeah, that would be quite a nice way of doing things. I'm not too sure what I make of that new home kit. Um, Lawrence, if you saw that the mocker that they've got, a bit the silver, as they did the stripes, kind of, it's actually the pattern on it. I think they've kind of went with a centenary idea pattern, but it looks like the pattern that they're actually using in the, the bags that they've got in the shop. Yes, yeah, um, the mock-up, the daffabet looks absolutely massive. I, I don't think it's going to be that big, but what's your take on it? I saw some people say that it's uh, the, the third poor home kit in a, in a row. Do you subscribe to that? I've actually thought the home kits have been quite decent. What's well, that? I think it's great. Oh, I, th- I think it looks all right. It'll just depend. Uh, <clears throat> you've touched on it, daffabet, and and how that actually looks, because some of the mock-ups it looks really dark. You know, the shadow and the hoops, and you're going, no, that, 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 that's that's too dark it's not back to the shadow strike days or, or, or whatever they would call that but uh, yeah we wait and see until it gets released but no, it, it's the hoops I'm always happy with the hoops yeah. I'm even happy with the away kit but I wish they'd just continued the pinstripes in the back and just went you know full was it 92 or something I can't remember was it 91, 92 mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Yeah, obviously, I hope to the 70s kit as well. But... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Natasha, what's your take Eddie, to say, folks? So far, I've been fairly pleased by them. I like this in a week. It's, got, it's on pre-order. Um, I thought last season's away kit was a belter too. And obviously that black kit that we had um, the first year with Adidas was also a cracker. What's your take being in Yeah, the, I think they're doing well. I think, I think they're doing particularly well with the away kits, I have to say. Um, they tend to, you know, I slightly prefer them. Like you've got the the new one on on the pre-order. I do agree with Lawrence. Would have been great if the pinstripes had went right down the back. But I think for the for the club, maybe it's a decision with the Champions League in mind. We know that we've got to have that blank space for the the name and number, so maybe it just keeps it easier that we don't have to change it up for the the Champions League, and we get to keep the the same one. Maybe what's with that in mind, but a great kit. You can't go wrong with the black away kit. I think it looks really smart. I love the way the the crest is almost sort of in a a badge of its own, um, and yeah, it looks good. The the home one. I know there's been a bit of mixed response to it, but I think that. It's always a little bit difficult to tell from some of these photos and mock-ups we see on Twitter. And I think when you see that modelled in the, the Celtic shop or on one of the players and the right lighting, it's going to look absolutely fantastic. Let's be honest, the green and white hoops always look fantastic and you can't really go too wrong with it. Um, there's been some slightly lesser attempts at the design in, in recent years, but I do just tend to get it quite spot on. I, I do like the silver on the shoulders, if that does indeed turn out to be the case. Um, and yeah, let's be honest, we're all going to buy it, aren't we? Yeah, I always buy the home kit. So the one thing I would say though is I, I do get the point that we are starting to release too many kits too often, especially mm. given the price that they're at. The cost of a football kit now for me is getting absolutely atrocious. That is, you know, 
I think this what what was the away one something like sixty five pounds sixty five quid yeah I mean come on especially you know for families by the time you buy a couple of kids tops you know maybe the shorts and the socks to go with them for the kids you know that's an extraordinary amount of money to be spending on football kits and it's not like how it should be I think where maybe the home kit at least lasts maybe two seasons um mm. and and we change it after that but when you've got you know three new kits coming out every single year at the price they're coming out at that's only increasing it's it's starting to get a little bit too much for me and I think the one thing we could do to address that is either you know maybe just once every couple of years with the kits yes maybe we change the away one every year but maybe keep the the home one for longer than a one season cycle yeah I think the last time we had a green and white hoops kit for two seasons was the crossover 13, 14, 14, 15 mm. from Lenny to Ronnie was the last time mm. we had the, the same home kit and then again we used to even make the away kit became the third kit type thing so yeah I totally yeah. agree with that too it's um, you know, if you're going to cut out your one of your kids and they feel regalia home top shorts socks whatever and then it's maybe a new pair of trainers it, it costs a lot of money mm-hmm. three times over so um, yeah absolutely I agree with the sentiments in that one but Moving on from kits, um, I know it's not to everybody's cup of tea, but you know, talking about Celtic, we don't know what our players are going to look like next season. Again, I'm quite looking forward to the, the training gear that comes out. I usually like to get something from that, but no £50 voucher this year to spend either, which is a bit of a gutter, but <laughs> we just need to live with it. Um, Lawrence, in terms of players possibly departing, um, last week it was announced that Mikey Johnson has changed agency. Um, the only player within the, the current squad with this agent is James Forrest. And the agency's most um, noticeable uh, client is a certain Aaron Ramsey, who, if I'm right, missed a penalty in a Europa League final um, round about a month ago. Um, that was do you think nice. Do you think Mikey Johnson could possibly be for the off? Or do you think this is just a, you know, a standard procedure? Obviously, he's been with the agent that... Um, He's let go for since he basically broke into football. So it's a long term agent departing and going on and board a new agency. Has he seen another club? So is that Forrest Ramsey Johnston? Is, is this like an agent that specialises in attacking players? It's an agency. You call it an agent. It's an agency. Yeah. yeah. Just attacking players that get injured a lot. Sign with us. I don't know. <laughs> it's, yeah. Mikey's got to be looking about. I mean, it seems every every year we're saying it's make a break season for Mikey. He's got to do it this season. He's got to do it this season. Uh, Really bad luck, the injury. I I think he will be looking about either for a loan or or, or a move. He needs to start playing football, doesn't he? Uh, So he needs to stay fit to do that. Maybe this agency I've got, you know, some great coaches in the background that help with his injuries. I don't know, but if I, if I was Mikey, I'd be looking at a lone mover. I'm move away because he, he really needs to get some minutes in his legs. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Natasha, do you think he possibly could be looking around? Obviously, there was linked to that lone move to Aberdeen under Stephen Glass, obviously. Um, not too long after that, Stephen Glass departed. Mm. Don't you think he's possibly looking for a permanent or a lone move away from Celtic? Or do you still think he possibly has a future under Ange Postacoglu at Celtic Park? Possibly, but not right now. Um, there's too many players ahead of him in the positions that he can play that are too much better than him. Um, doesn't sound quite dramatically right there. But 
you know, there's there's too many players that are too far ahead of him right now for him to be challenging for a spot in the squad, um, given his, his recent injury issues and his failure to really capitalise on the chances he's had when he's been given them as brief as they've been. So for, for me, Mikey has two options, and one of them is to leave permanently, another is to leave on a loan deal. I think really it depends what's on the table, which might you know, indicate a reason for this change of agency, someone new to come in and bring a, a new range of options for Mikey, because that's what he needs right now. He needs options and he needs to look at what's on the table, be that a loan move or a permanent one, and decide what's best for the next step in his career. For me, I think he's probably going to be more inclined to make it alone. You know, there's no one in that squad, you know, especially in Mikey's position, who doesn't want to make it work at Celtic. I'm sure that that is... Mikey Johnson's ambition is to make it work at Celtic. It's a club that he's at. It's a club that he's been at for a long time. And he's still our player. I think for him, the best way of doing that is going to be going out on loan and trying to make an impact somewhere and come back. We've seen other players do it. You know, even Cal McGregor is a prime example of that. I think Johnston needs to do something similar because it's kind of going to be his last shot at resurrecting a Celtic career. And if he does want that to happen, he's got one last sort of roll of the dice at it, and that's to to go out and loan and establish himself somewhere else. Um, so, yeah, hopefully he does that. Um, I'm on the fence with Mikey Johnston. I'm not sure... I don't think I've seen anything that suggests that he's got the ability to really break in and make an impact in the first team squad. Now, more than happy to reverse that and more than happy to change my mind, but he needs to do something to make me change my mind and that's going to have a, a successful season somewhere else. Um, and I hope he does it. I do. Um, is somewhere like Aberdeen the right place for him? I don't know, but hopefully he does it wherever he goes um, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Um well, it's just on that, you know, kind of last point with Mikey Johnson. Um, his contract expires in 2025, so this is probably going to be the, the season that decides his future. Do you, do you think it's potential that he could obviously go out and loan? Obviously, he featured um, in the League Cup final. It's quite amazing to think about that. You know, he started the game in the League Cup final, played that game at Easter Road that we won 3 1. So he, he's played his part this season, but again, it's been injuries, and that's been the, the, basically the story of Mikey Johnson's Celtic career so far. Yeah, it's. When he first came in, it was about six goals, 24 games, both his first and second season, but it's really kind of went downhill from there, hasn't it? And it is mostly injury, so he needs to go somewhere, get fit, uh, and get playing regularly again. You know, whether it's like you know, Christy done it, Ayer done it, Natasha's touch, Cal, Cal McGregor done it, so I think he just really needs to get out and play and stay fit for four or five months in a row, and then we can kind of make a call then come Christmas. Yeah, absolutely. And just to kind of touch on a bit of that jersey conversation, there is some merch available. If you do look in the description of the YouTube video, you'll see it there. Um, if you want to pick up, obviously, we're talking about kits there. There is the old retro shamrock top, which is a belter um, available for you to purchase. So there, that's there. Just thought we'd give that a wee shout. Um, moving on from Mikey Johnson, Harry Cool, in terms of attacking players and top attacking players, um, he's not going to play for Celtic, but I was reading a wee bit up on Natasha. I noticed that in Angie's rebuild when he went to Melbourne Victory, he was one of the guys who released him when he arrived there. And he, I think Harry Cool was towards the end of his football career by that time, but Angie punted him out the door. Um, they've been reunited here at Celtic. I, I watched the clip of him yesterday. He's spoken about that he didn't think he would go into coaching, but he's got the fire in his belly. Um, one day he does what he succeeds 
on his own. Obviously, so far it's not been to get a start. You know, Oldham, Barnet, um, some other clubs down south to to mention. But um, he comes in. You know, he's got a lot of experience. He's a former Champions League winner. Um, with Liverpool, he's obviously put at the top level with Liverpool and Leeds. Um, what do you make of this appointment of Harry Cole coming on board the the coaching staff at Celtic Park? I'm pleased about it. I think it's a a, a great move for us. Um, underlined by the fact that if Ange wants him to be part of the coaching setup, then I'm happy for him to be there. Anyone that Ange wants it to bring in who's going to enhance his backroom setup, then we have to go. Yeah, sure. If that's if that's what you want, if that's what you think is going to help um, your ability to coach and manage the team then great, we do it. And it's great that the club have, have backed him in that. If he's went to them and said, I want to bring Harry in, they said, yes, go for it. Now, remember, he, he came over on his own. He didn't bring anyone. He worked with who we had there. He seemed to have formed a good relationship with um, the backroom team, with Kennedy, Strachan, brought McManus up. And um, we'll come and talk about his new role as well as a result of all of this. But he's had it for a year. He's looked at it and thought, you know, we, we do need some additions. One of them has obviously been Harry Cool. I know we're hiring data analysts as well. So it's good that he's maybe taken his time, seen how this season has went and thought, right, these are the areas I want to enhance. And I think bringing Harry Cool is a great step. You, you sort of look at our setup at the moment, you know, in terms of the players' careers, it was all, you know, a little bit defence heavy. I think previously... A lot of the players, particularly the attacking players, talked up the influence of Damien Duff and how important he was and how good a coach he was. Um, and I think Harry Cool might come in and fill that gap because I don't think we really replaced the sort of coaching person player that Damien Duff was. So Harry Cool, I think, is maybe a good replacement for, for him. Um, and yeah, like you've touched on, it's great to have just his general experience in his football career on board. I think I mentioned this in a previous show that all the, the plaudits we give someone like Joe Hart for being a leader with great experience who's going to have a really positive impact on the squad and the players he's working with, all of those plaudits and credits can go to Harry Cool as well. You know, he's going to come in with all that experience um, and that can only be good for the, the players round about him that he's going to be working with. Um, so yeah, absolutely delighted to have Cool on board and look forward to seeing the, the impact he, he makes um, to the maybe to the style of play, to the coaching setup. Um, so yeah, great addition. Does mean that McManus then moves into the B team, um, which I think we're going to come on and talk about. Yep. Because I think that that's a a really good move as well. Yeah, as do I. Um, Lawrence is going to probably give us a cracking song as well. Harry Cooler can already picture this getting built to do it in a way day in Milan. I did at some point, but um, totally an agreement with Natasha there. If Ange wants him, absolutely go and get him. He's going to be a breath of fresh air probably for some of the more attacking players on the side, having you know played majority of his career either as a winger or as an attacking midfielder, as a kind of false nine. Um, his experience is going to be important, I think, going into European football because he's been there and done it. You know, no disrespect to other guys there, but he's went and won at the top prize and um, it'll be good to see how he gets on it at Celtic Park. He's only coming here to try and learn a bit more off of Ange Postecoglou to then go forward, maybe back to football management as yet to to obviously be seen. But he said that in his uh, most recent interview, he's had a bit of time off. He's quite happy where he's at mentally himself and he's ready for the new challenge. Yeah, well, listen, Ange has done well at picking players. He's now, I know he brought in Anton McElhone, you know, in his backroom staff during the season and now he's bringing in Harry. You've just got to trust he, he does as well as picking his backroom staff as he's, he's done with his first team staff. So... You know, remember watching him play. What a cracking 
player maybe the best Australian player out there. I think he's definitely shaded Viduka, and I know where he played for, for Italy, but yeah, probably the best Australian player I've seen. Cool. So if he brings a bit of that experience and some of the tricks, some of his knowledge to, to attacking players, all for it. But again, it's just a case of, you know, Andrew's got so much credit in the bank, you just got to trust him, haven't you? Okay, absolutely correct on that one. Um, hopefully he's successful as everyone else has been arriving at Celtic. Um, but Tasha, as you already pointed out, Steve McManus, it means that due to a restructuring, Stephen's going to go into the, the B team. Um, what Jan just said in his comments about, you know, he's got that first team experience. It's going to be very, very important of being that person, basically creating the pathway from B team to, to first team. Um, did step in the right direction for Celtic doing something like this? Yeah, definitely. I think it's one of the areas that we probably could attribute some criticism to is that there does seem to be a break in the link between the B team and the first team. We're either not bringing the quality through into the first team that's there or the players are leaving. And um, You just have to look at the example of, of Ben Doak, Yeldy, players like that. The, the good ones from that sort of setup seem to be going elsewhere. If that's because they don't see the right link between the first team or what, for whatever reason, there is an issue there. So it's good that um, Andrew's taking steps to address that. And the one thing that he said, which I really liked, or that the club have put out, is that they're really focused on making there more of a link between the two, more of a similarity in the way that they're training. They want the B team set up to mirror the sort of training that the first team are doing so that when a player does make that progression, they're a lot more able and it's a lot easier for them to step into that position in the first team if they've been doing the exact same thing in training. For me, that one seemed kind of obvious and I'm surprised they weren't actually already doing that. I think that just, you know, makes sense on a a basic level. But glad that that's been put into place and hopefully that does create a stronger link. I think we've talked about the B team that are going to now be training at Lennox Town. It just makes it more of a a one-team unit. And if the players can see that, if they see that they're, you know, not a totally separate entity to the, the first team, but they're just part of, you know, the, the wider squad, maybe that makes them think, right, I really do see a very clear pathway from where I am into the first team and we don't fall into the trap of losing some of the better players like Dokin Yield. Um, and that can only be a good thing because it's really important to the Celtic model. And it's one thing I think we've fallen down on recently with the exception of Tierney is bringing players from the youth system into the first team and selling them for a big profit because that does have to be part of the model. We know they're not going to stay forever. Um, but if you do look at the, the players that we've done that with, like Tierney. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. I don't see where the next one's coming from. Um, you know, before that, you're probably looking at, you know, the McGiddies and the Maloney's and then, you know, Tierney. Where's the next one of them coming from? I don't see it at the moment. And hopefully this sort of restructuring and change helps create that type of player. And having McManus move 
down to that. I don't say down to that squad, but moved to the B team squad, who's already had the experience of working with the first team and Ange for the season. That's going to be a great link and really ensures that sort of cohesion between the two squads. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I totally agree with that. And it'll be interesting to see how that gets on. Obviously, last season, as you've already touched on there, players were moving up from Barrafield um, to go and train with the first team. Whereas if you're kind of, you know, all centred into one, the opportunities there, it's a lot more clearer to you. Um, and hopefully next season, we maybe start to see that wee tweak of a player start to be pushed mm-hmm. up towards the first team. But again, it's increasingly difficult. There's no reserve league. Obviously, we're going to be in the, the Lowland League. The step up from that to the, the Premiership, obviously, is, is huge. And um, really, apart from that, it's just going to be cup games. You're maybe going to maybe see players featuring because, you know, every league game, as we know, is important and might not be wanting to take those risks unless you're, you know, out and away across the hills by the end of the season. But we'll see how that gets on. Um, just finally... In terms of current news, Lawrence, before we move to our B, last 10 minutes in European football, we're going to be looking at 2016 and 17. But just quickly, half four on a Sunday for the champions, really? Half, uh, yeah, Maybe we, should be, we, we should be leading it out. Half four on a Sunday is, yeah, it's a bit cheeky, isn't it? You know. But this Saturday, 12 to 2 at the penalty spot, mate, Danny McGrain. That's much better, isn't it, at half four on a, a Sunday? Could be linking. I like that. Now you're going to mention it. So yeah, if you are free on Saturday, if you've not had the chance to meet Dana McGrain, please do get yourself along down to Kevin's down in the Sword Street penalty spot just off um, Duke Street. That all right? Yeah, just off Duke Street. Just off Duke Street. Street. Yep. There we go. And Danny will be there signing, taking photos, give you a bit of his chat. He's quite good for good value for the partner. You'll get a slagging. I've been on the end of it too many times myself. Um, but he's always really good value for that. So, yeah, 2 o'clock, 12 till 2 on a Saturday is a lot better than half past 4 on a Sunday. Good lead in there, Lawrence. Good stuff. Um, so, yeah, if you're free on Saturday, get yourself down to the penalty spot. Um, just on to our European campaign that we like to have a wee look at. Um, we're looking at 16-17. We've mentioned Brendan Rodgers earlier. This was obviously his maiden season. At Celtic, Natasha, we hadn't qualified for the Champions League for two years up until this point. And I remember the qualifier game in Israel against Hapoel Bersheva was absolute torture watching it. Well, I wish memories of that. I actually was crying at the end of the game. It was that bad. I remember I was ill. I got sent home from school and I was watching it. When the whistle went at the end, I was crying because I was an absolute nervous right. It was torture. Yeah. I think torture and crying is a words that are quite synonymous with Celtic in Europe of recent years. Um, but yeah. What a, what a route we took to get there, obviously, the very famous Lincoln Red Imps game um, to kick it all off and then ending like that against Beersheba. I mean, it was a real roller coaster just to, just to get there, which thankfully we get to skip out this year. But the whole qualifying campaign, I mean, it was just another example of Celtic doing the absolute bare minimum to get through the qualifiers and make the champions look group stages for for that one fall to come in and trying to spend as little as possible in order to do that. And yeah, that year it worked, but, but just, you know, we, you know, we got past Lincoln Red Imps after a a scare. We then took on Astana. It was a Dembele last minute penalty to, to win 3-2 and I could get there to get through that one and then you've got that horrible Beersheva tie um, where we just managed to scrape through by the tightest of margins again so yeah that year the the gamble that we take every year paid off but just um, and the warning signs were probably there of what was to 
to come in in the group stages and as we'll come on to it was probably another group stage to forget but a couple of good results against Man City we never really got started in that campaign we kicked off with a one to forget with a 7-0 victory against uh, defeat against Barcelona um, and I think that sort of shows us where things were going to go um, and yeah not a great one no, not a great one. That would have been nice, 7 0 in the new camp, but but not to be um big <laughs> missed the penalty over there. Um but yeah, yeah that would have made all the difference. <laughs> um I might have, you know, at least that they gave people something to cheer about. Uh, just like it was in the part de France the following year. But um mm-hmm. yeah, Lawrence, you know, it was minimal minnows at the start. It, it kicked off with that horrible game uh, against Lincoln Red Imps. Um and I remember the Astana game. I think if I'm correct, Owen O'Connell played against Astana too. The FA Ambrose at set a half. Absolutely mental stuff. Um, he, but he's yeah, just got a new club, isn't he? He has just got a new club, yeah. That's why he came into my head there. Um, so yeah, Red Imps, Astana, Bersheva, then the group stages, Natasha's already touched on, thumped against Barcelona. But we did make a really good account of ourselves in the home match against uh, Manchester City, which is obviously the game in which No Gallagher was up um, at Wally Hockey's table and Bertie kept saying to Wally, do you want me to get the soup? Do you want me to get the soup? He said, what do you mean get the soup? Like that. No, no, no. He said, no, get the soup, get the soup. The soup's really good. And he sat down and Bertie said, do you want to roll with it, son? So, that's probably one of the highlights of that. You're absolutely brilliant. Um, that is Bertie, isn't it? That is Bertie. And, you know, things like that are going to be missed, certainly when the Champions League's back. I'm sure up in that lounge, yeah. His presence um, there, but yeah, three each against Manchester City. No, I'm sure no Gallagher didn't go home too chuffed that night. Obviously, he got ripped with the soup, and then his team got ripped apart. They missed it belly. Yeah, uh, felt like a glad, gladiator by all accounts. But uh, yeah, first time City dropped points that season, wasn't it? So gave us a bit of hope getting a result against Atlantic City, and yeah, it was a bit of forlorn hope. Uh, as Natasha touched on, the rest of the group wasn't too good, was it? <laughs> Yeah, wasn't good at all, but yeah, great so. atmosphere in the game. But yeah, great game, but unfortunately, just another one where we just didn't do it in Europe. No, that one. I um, think I'm not going. I'm not going to take the full credit for our, our result against Man City there. But I was, um, I was at work, and it was a horrible night. If you remember, it was absolutely torrential rain, and I thought I'll just jump in a taxi yeah. out to to Celtic Park. Um, because of the weather and not because I'm lazy. Um, so jumped in a taxi out to, to Celtic Park and on the way, stranded at the side of the road, were two Man City fans absolutely soaking in a sort of dual carriageway trying to get to Celtic Park. And I said to my taxi driver, I said, pull over and, and we'll pick them up and take them out to Celtic Park with us. So we did that. They got in very grateful and said, oh, that'll bring some good karma your way. I would put money on you getting a result tonight for, for this and everything. And there we go. We did. So I'm not going to take the full credit, but I think it had something to do with it in terms of the there good time go. aspect. That's a good story. Good Samaritan there. I remember <laughs> he was finishing the history AC off before a bit of the game and I actually had it with me at Celtic Park at half time. I was scribbling it to <laughs> Mr. Dunn and Mrs. McGee's listening. Um, yeah, don't listen to that. You know I get the higher anyway, so it doesn't really matter. And it contributed to it. But yeah, I was finishing essays off before that, that draw um, and it was Gladback I remember I went down to Capital to watch the it was a youth tournament down there um, Celtic played 
plan back that day, obviously, and then came back up with the game. Really disappointing, Lawrence. Um, it was a team we probably looked at in the group as being the beatable one to try and get the Europa League place. 2 0 at Celtic Park was really, really disappointing. Yeah, I mean, Brendan didn't have the best record. I think it was say the Man City, you'd see your games were disappointed with every other result. Yeah, yeah. Gladbach was definitely who we're competing with for, for third spot, and, and to lose at home's n- never good. Uh, yeah, and then Europe was gone for well more than another season, but we thought only for another season. It's kind of it, it, it was just a, a disappointment all round. I think Man City three each draws. Yeah, a highlight of it. I suppose what, what, it was one each away to City, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. It was all right yeah. as well. You know, if you're going twenty two away. Really decent city team and, and getting results there. You would expect to to do a bit better at home against Gladbach, but again, we didn't. No, Natasha, did you make any of the trips during this campaign to Germany or Spain or not that Germany campaign? No, um, no. no Rachel, not not that campaign. I don't remember making any of the trips for one reason or the other. Mm-hmm. But um, so no memorable stories from any of them either. Um, so and all not not the not the best campaign like Lawrence touched on the Gladbach result at home really finished off any hopes that we might have had of progressing to European football after Christmas, um, and it's just not what you would have bet on that we would have got three points out of that group and two of them would have come against Man City, um, yeah. yeah. At least you know at least there was a couple of memorable nights at Celtic Park in there, but yeah, other than that. One yeah. to, to forget. You're really picking the campaigns, Declan. When are we going to get a good one to talk about? Everything's been the twenty. One Tuesday, neither of these were on, and we, we, we got the, the UV when we beat them four three at Celtic Park. I mean, what a campaign yeah. that was! <laughs> I picked that one. <laughs> we're just getting the short straw. Twelve thirteen's done. Uh, the, the group campaign that we talked to group's been done. So. Yeah, it's just a, a case of going through these again. Obviously, it was what could have been out there in, uh, against Bristol and Glad, but obviously, Callum McGregor missed that really, really good chance. Um, mm-hmm. And then it was, we could beat 1 0 at home to Barcelona. Um, I had a prelim that day, and I remember doing it, and that was all I was thinking about. We were writing the prelim, but um, yeah, so I was going through exams. So we were doing this, we were getting scalped in Europe, and I'm trying to do exams and essays. So, really great. It's the times for me. Um, and then my dad went down to the game down at the Etihad um, for the one each draw. Paddy Roberts scored down. I always found that really weird that their player on loan to us, you know, mm-hmm. if that was the, the game that could have talked on the group, basically done them, done them out of that. But obviously rules are different between the uh, UEFA rules and domestic rules. But yeah, that was that campaign. Um, so yeah, another one probably to forget. And then obviously the next season, it was something practically similar. We covered that the other week. Um, same jobbing, poor result, except we managed to get third place, um, probably due to that 3 0 victory over uh, Belgium. So, yeah, another one to forget in the old Champions League for Celtic. But hopefully, this season won't be one to forget. Um, Natasha, just in terms of the whole roundup of transfers that we've spoke about, we hope Juranovic doesn't go anywhere. Jota looks all but done. Semedo could be done, and Segris could be done. What, what would you make of that week if we get to hold on to Juranovic after this speculation? Um, Obviously, there's probably going to be more speculation as we move through the window. But if we do bring in three players, quite happy with that. Yeah, um, I think I think we could do a wee bit more. Um, I would, you know, I'm not going to be too greedy. I think that would be good. 
Um, but I think I think there's a little more to add there, um, and I think Andrew would probably agree with that. For me, particularly looking at the left back spot, um, I want to add something there, um, and maybe another another loan signing. But other than that, yeah, we're we're almost there. The the it is coming together, and relatively confident. Like I said, that it was going to be a good window by the end of it. Yeah, we definitely want you know a kind of full complement. Um, minus international players turn up at Lennox Town next week it'll be nice to see some fresh faces hopefully um, turn up there and obviously our two players that we had on loan signed permanently being uh, involved in the training so that will hopefully be what's to come Lawrence what was your take on it I'm not Natasha I'm fairly happy but I still do think there's positions that we need players in um, we're not out of June yet of course there's plenty of time still to go we don't have any qualifiers to worry about it's important to stress that but you know, I think we need to keep a hold of good players unless we're going to get silly money. Um, Fifteen million for Juranovic to me is not silly money because I think his stock's only going to increase on that. Um, and keep a hold of good players and add to the squad and have a right good go in Europe next season. Well, you know, I think the product's keeping the two loan players and we're kind of doing it in the correct order. You know, I think Carmen Cattervickers, he was the most important to get signed. You know, Ben Jota. We're looking at, I think goalkeepers definitely were weakest next. So, Seagrass is rumoured. But, you know, I thought maybe six or seven players coming in that were going to be challenging for first team. So I think we're maybe halfway there, but there's a long way to go in the, before we, we kick a ball in anger. We seem to be ticking them off in order, which makes sense because, you know, it's going to affect how much money you've got to spend, how much you've just spent on the last player. So we seem to be going round about a business fairly efficiently so far. And it, it might be the last three come in and loan, you know, with options to buy. Who knows? But if we get six or seven in, Barkas is already out. Maybe move a few more out and off the wage bill. I know Big Julian said he's, he wants to stay and fight for his place, but he's just been out for so long. He's gone to his last year's contract. So I think yeah, we can afford to offer him another. And if we want to get anything of the seven million back, I think we need to be looking at moving him and, and getting another centre half in. But yeah, it's just another case of an Andrew trust, isn't it? And I, I, I know in Celtic women there's been some movement. Chloe Warrington moved on. Academy mm-hmm. prospect, another signing from Lewis. I think the Swedish girl returned home as well. So, yeah, so, far, so far, I think um, Chloe's obviously moved on. Um, we found out yesterday or the day before that Shane Shorts is going to be moving on as well, which is frustrating. She's a very good player. Um, Maria Allstotter, she's moved on. Um, but we're starting to bring players in too. Um, Lucy Clifford came up from Lewis FC yesterday or the day before. Um, a player who's worked with Fran before, who's, who has worked with Caitlin Hayes before. So she seems to be a really good addition as Fran starts to sort of make some moves in the transfer market and build up his squad for next season too. Yeah, that'll be an interesting one to keep an eye on. Obviously, a historic first season um, for the ladies this year, you know, winning that League Cup and Scottish Cup. Um, so, yeah under that kind of tenureship with fans back and obviously playing at Celtic Park was, was great to see. Mm-hmm. So obviously it would be interesting to see how that kicks on and um, hopefully next week we've got some fresh faces to talk about and we'll be one step closer to Celtic returning. Um, thanks to everyone for getting involved in the comments. Please do like and subscribe if you haven't already done so and my thank you to Lawrence and Natasha for joining
message and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's E-A-S-Y to 203203. Hey, what's up, guys? This is MMA fighter Clay Guida, and I'm not afraid of anyone or anything. But losing my hair was an entirely different kind of fight. So if you're suffering from hair loss like I was, then you've got to check out my boys at Bosley. Pound for pound, they are the champions of hair restoration. That's why I turned to Bosley to get my hair back. The entire Bosley team was so professional and kind from start to finish. All it took was a simple one-day procedure, and I was on my way back to rocking my full hair again. So take it from me. Don't wait if you are thinning or receding. I'm so thrilled with my results, I just wish I would have went to Bosley sooner. It's time to finally knock out hair loss because the best is yet to come. Check out Bosley today. When MMA fighter Clay Guida was losing his hair, he trusted Bosley to get it back. Now it's your turn. Get a free information kit, plus get a $250 off gift card when you text SCORE to 203203. That's text SCORE to 203203. Don't wait. Text SCORE to 203203. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.